welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Uh, you're listening to myself, Josh Hartley, and my co-host, Ben Porter. First podcast of 2018. Woo! Yep. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. That, that, and that's uh, enough excitement for me. Yeah, that's, <laughs> for one that's enough. Yeah, um, so, yeah, we've got, we've got a fair bit to catch up about. Uh, yep. We are, as, as our main feature, we're going to have a chat about Gloomhaven and... I don't know, do you think it's caused enough to call it a controversy? Uh, not quite, but it's, it's a commotion. On it. Yeah. A, 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 a susurrus. A, a ruckus. Yeah. Um, a stir. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, well, in particular about um, its score on Board Game Geek and yep. it climbing to the number one spot, but did it climb legitimately? Well,. Are we answering that now? No. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to leave you hanging on that. But first, as we, as we normally like to do, we're going to have a catch-up on what, what gaming antics yeah. we've both been up to since we last uh, since we last recorded. So what have you been up to, Ben? Well, I, I played... A, I think I, I spoke about uh, Total Recall. Yes. In the last... I, I played a bit more of that. Uh, I've played have, with a few different groups now. Have, you, have your thoughts changed at all on it? I've still not played the advanced mode, right? Which is the the players can be parasites as well, right? Which I think that's going to add a whole new dynamic to dynamic to it. Well, yeah, how because how do you feel about games like the Resistance and Avalon and that kind I, of thing, I, like Spyfall and things like that? I I really yeah. like them, mm. uh, and they're definitely they definitely work a lot better when you've got a, a decent sized group, don't they? Yes, I I'll say this right. Um, I find them really fun. But if I am like the traitor or the spy or whoever, I have no poker face whatsoever, and I fi- I find the experience of being the uh, the, traitor. the traitor exceptionally stressful. Yeah. Um. Just if you just ask, uh, uh some of the guys that I I game with on a Wednesday night from time to time, we played like. We we played like a good couple of hours of Spyfall, and I I I don't know why I kept getting dealt the spy. And we we played it at uh, Glasgow Games Festival as well. I think it was the first time we played it. That was the it? first time yeah. we played it. I did, well, Stephen, who was with us at the uh, Games Festival, uh, who, who I game with on the Wednesday night, he uh, he bought it off the back of that. Yeah. Like, because he enjoyed it that much. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, they are really fun games, but I'm terrible at them. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> to, to be fair, you're quite good at the deduction side of it, of, uh, of sussing people out. But you're not, you're not bad at it. I'm, I'm, I'm bad if, I'm get, if I get assigned a certain role. Yeah. I'm bad at precisely half of the game. <laughs> but, I mean, Tom, who's been on the podcast before, he, he is also... Uh, terrible, but for different reasons, he gets really angry. <laughs> well, I think because yeah, this is a genuine problem for a lot of people. Like, are you here? Of um, I've heard of stories of couples full on falling out with yeah. each other because one was <laughs> lying to the other about like being a spy in the resistance. It just calls the whole relationship into question. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, what else have you been lying about, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> Where were you last night? <laughs> Jeff, I, full I, don't disclo- know who, I don't know who you are anymore. Are you a Cylon, Jeff? <laughs> full, full disclosure: we don't know anyone called Jeff. Yeah. 
<laughs> there could be a Jeff who has a Cylon out there somewhere. Maybe. Could yeah, be. Maybe. Um, so, so, uh, so, so you haven't tried it with that mode, but you've no. been trying it with bigger groups and yeah. uh, different types of gamers. So, yeah, you you still you're still enjoying it though. I, I am. I, I really like it. And it, I, is, it is a bit different from uh, other games like that. Mm. Um, it seems to be more about the deduction and less about the deception. I mean, yeah. so, well, certainly the game mode that you've played. Yeah, which is still enjoyable, the, the regular mode where you're you're just uh, working together mm. to try and suss out... Uh, to try and weed out the parasites, yeah. rather. But, uh, yeah, I've played a bit of that. I had my first... Uh, D&D session of the year. Ah, how'd uh, it go? Well, th- this was our first delve with this mm-hmm. party, uh, which was quite exciting. Um, because I, I think I've, I've said I've said to you before, I've had a number of false starts with role playing games. I think this yeah. is this is the furthest I've stuck with a group. Yeah. Um, so it it's uh, yeah, I, I was just uh, really excited for this delve. So I, I forget the name of it, but apparently it is one of the. It's it's a delve that's been in the the game since third edition. Okay, so it's you know quite quite yeah. well established. Yeah, so the D and D aficionados will probably know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about when I describe it. But um, basically, it is uh, you go to this mountain, mm-hmm. and it's essentially an abandoned. Uh, dwarven outpost. Okay. So it's the usual, you know. You're you're at home then. Yeah. Well, because I, I play a dwarf ranger for anyone that doesn't know, so uh, yeah, mm-hmm. right, right at home, and it's the usual fear of untold riches await those. Yeah, so, yeah, all of that. Uh, so we stole up to the mountain, and there's a, a smaller hill next to the mountain, and there seems to be smoke emanating from right. it. So I roll a crit for perception. Okay. And being the ranger. Uh, I managed to deduce that the smoke is emanating from a natural chimney. Right. Uh, in the, the smaller hill next to the, right, the, the mountain okay. proper. So we decide to spelunk down the... So you you, you uh, Chris Kringled it? Yeah. You went down the chimney? It did, yeah. Right, how did that go? Murder Santa. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, went, I went last... Because like, um, although I'm the ranger, I've got like, uh, you know, I'm still a dwarf, like mm-hmm. highest strength of the party. So yeah. I decided that I would like lower everyone down. That makes sense. Uh, everyone managed fine except from uh, Charlotte's tiefling Anias, uh, who failed. But because everyone else held on, yeah. we, we, uh, <coughs> Charles said that you know you managed to get down after much scrabbling, yeah, and swinging yeah. about and all that. But we all get down fine. Mm-hmm. And we find ourselves in a kitchen, mm-hmm. like a, a primitive kitchen. Yes, you know, there's like pots and pans and things like that around. Uh, then we continue on, and there's a couple of pathways. There's one that's described as being like quite well fashioned, mm-hmm. as though it's been left by the dwarves. Mm-hmm. But then there's one that's covered by like uh, wooden bars, okay. like a sort of cell. And uh, in the cell, there's these two useless idiots country bumpkins mm-hmm. but uh, we because uh, between myself and the paladin we managed to just pull the bar straight off yeah because Charlotte because you, you're that swole yeah and and Charlotte's tiefling who's the rogue mm-hmm. uh, 
failed to pick the lock. So, yeah. I mean, we're not counting, right? Yeah, yeah. We're but, not. Yeah. So she's doing great so yeah. far, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in fear of my life now because mm. I've remembered that this is recording and Charlotte's my wife, so. Yay. Anyway, yeah, moving on. <laughs> so we carry on and there's two orc sentries there. They run up, you know, murder them. Mm-hmm. Then we carry on and there's arrow slits and there's another couple of orc sentries. We mm-hmm. get advantage on them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ha- the, the paladin, uh, uh, Michael's character, drops uh, fog cloud right. because we can't quite get to the arrow slits. Sure. And then we so we carry on around the corner. There's two orcs waiting there. Run up, murder them. And then Charles says, you hear a clang. And it's at this point that we realise that because we came through the chimney, yeah, we'd come in the back way, yeah, to the fortress, and the orcs have just shut the gate on the dungeon. Whoops! Yeah. So, <laughs> so Michael's paladin runs back mm-hmm. and decides, "I'm going to try and beef in the door." Right. Okay, the door which has just been barricaded. Yeah. And uh, Charles even drew a little sign of like a, a stick man with a sword and a shield and then like a cross. Yeah. Know, like no adventurers allowed. <laughs> and um, Michael rolls a crit mm. to beef this door in. Right. So it's like. So he, he uh, just incredible hulks in, himself right the way through. Yeah. Well, I kind of imagined that, you know, you know like uh, the Titan in Destiny. Yeah, the shoulder charge. <laughs> he just runs yeah. and smashes it down. So and the way Charles described it, he says, "Is this orc on the other side?" Slams mm. down the barricade. Is like, Ooh. and then <laughs> the paladin crashes through the door, and the orc just starts screaming. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. So we basically we accidentally killed all the sentries. Ran out of the a- fortress. A- accidentally, in inverted commas. Yeah, and then realised, oops, we've ran we've out gone the wrong the, way. Yeah, and then we, <laughs> by sheer luck, managed to break back in. And that's where we had to stop. Just as planned. That's it, yeah, totally. Just as planned. I mean, to be fair, though, I mean, two things from this, right? One thing I love about low-level um, yeah. uh, sections of uh, any RPG campaign is, okay, yeah, we're fairly decent at fighting, the most deadly thing a party can come up against is any sort of climbing test, because <laughs> I mean that's when you that's when you're rolling ones and yeah. you're just falling to your death. The, I mean the good the good thing is that it's it's become like, a couple of players have had to uh, leave the campaign for mm. various reasons. So there's still four of us, but it's inadvertently become quite a melee focused party. Right. So well, you've got paladin, paladin a rogue, paladin, your rogue. ranger, yeah. and who's the fourth? And then we've got a fighter as a well. A fighter? Oh, wow. So, so athletics off the chart. So yeah. Clayman's actually no hassle for this group. Who's the charmer? The well, That's uh, Charlotte's character, the rogue. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah that makes sense. So uh, rogues tend to be quite yeah, good fe- at charisma. Uh, f- female tiefling as well. So. Yeah. Devil woman. <laughs> There's a song in there somewhere. Yeah. There's probably several songs yeah. called <laughs> Devil Woman. Yeah. Um... But uh, the second point is, uh, you sounded like uh, your guys fared an awful lot better than we did in our Pathfinder oh, campaign. Well, well, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, you'll have heard me talk about my fighter, uh, Elidfin. 
Yeah. Uh, Ellard is no more. Ellard I'll, died. I'll try and edit the death march in here or something. <laughs> Just, uh, like Nimrod. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> um, good night, sweet prince. Yeah. Uh, so what happened was um, we were uh, investigating the graveyard where these disappearances were happening. Yeah. And it turns out it was cultists. Total, totally safe. Yeah. Cultists. Who, who, uh, who knew? knew? <laughs> who knew? <laughs> so uh, we, we work our way through the cultists and they're sort of undead because uh, they've been basically kidnapping other villagers and raising, like killing them and raising them to be slaves. You yeah. know, thoroughly ethical. Yeah. Uh, so we find um, we find the big boss, the <coughs> necromancer himself, and he's got a couple of bodyguards, and I don't know. Maybe so. So the setup was he actually had a guy strapped to a table and was about to do the stabby stabby with the dagger. Uh, so I run in and rather than attacking the two ghouls that are pretty hard in combat, yeah. I just went straight for him so that he didn't kill the guy. Yeah, um, but as a consequence, I kind of got beat up, up by the ghouls. They dropped me to the floor. Not the first time this has happened. In fact, this happens yeah, you, in almost every combat. Well, I was going to say you, get into. you've had a number of uh, near-death experiences yeah. with this character. So this is by no means, statistically speaking, the worst. But what the necromancer did, cast a spell, death grasp, and all he has to do is touch me, and I'm dead. Yeah. And that was me. That, that was the end of it. Unsavory on so many levels. <laughs> Point on the doll where the necromancer touched you. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you can't uh, do that. No, no he's dead. There's no witness. There's going to yeah. be no court inquiry. Well, so, so what's happened now is uh, the rest of the party finished him off. Yeah. But then there was a second in command. He was chilling out somewhere else in the within the crypt. Okay. Right. And this guy wasn't a wizard. This guy was some massive brute with like a ma- huge double-handed axe. A henchman, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, and he kills Barry's character as well. Oh. Yeah. This is the second character that that, that has been, uh, that Barry's ran that's been killed in this campaign alone. Well, um, the, so- the, the, the takeaway I'm getting from this, uh, Tom does not pull any punches, does he? Now, it, now to be fair, right? So uh, I've I've been in a few campaigns uh, that Tom has ran, yeah. And uh, we're we're experienced like players. We we know what we're doing. Yeah. So f- for good reason, like Tom's made it suitably challenging. Yeah. And you know, I, I when I go when I think over everything that happened and all the decisions that I made, I should have gone for the ghouls. Maybe the guy, maybe he would have killed the poor sap who was on the, the table. At the same time, though, was what you did in character? Yes. There you go, then. Yeah. So, um. And it, so, it is a role playing game, yeah, after yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. So, so after, <laughs> so after Barry is, fought, is felled, uh, Scott and Ewan do the smart thing. Because they're a cleric and a wizard. No, sorry, arcanist. Strictly, yeah, yeah. it's, it's all a, the same. Fancy wizard. And yeah. um, they ran. Yeah. They, they, they had no chance against some psychopath with a great axe. Yeah. So they legged it. 
so our uh, our bodies are. I mean, if you're gonna get killed anywhere, I suppose get killed in a crypt because at least mm-hmm. you don't have to move your far. <laughs> so I yep. don't know if they're gonna come back. Your bodies not. are dancing with Michael Jackson. Maybe? Yeah. Thriller. Yeah. Thriller night. <laughs> Um, so, that's, so, that's going to be a treat for everyone. Oh yeah, now, yeah. oh yeah. Uh, so um, two things though, right? Um, all our characters created secrets at the beginning of the campaign. Okay. Is your secret? No, oh. it's not out yet. So I'm not going to mention that because uh, I know the other guys. Um, I hope the other guys listen to the podcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this will be a little test. Give, for yeah, them. <laughs> give them all a questionnaire. Maybe. Uh, it, it, <laughs> what what code word can I give them <laughs> for them to say so that I know? No, but I, I think if you actually just give them a questionnaire, yeah, and then grade them on it and you, you test them, you'll know who your friends yeah. are. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Um, we should announce the winner of our uh, little Facebook contest. I yes. know we've announced it on Facebook, but let's let's give Scott a shout out on the podcast as well. Yeah, uh, Scott Scott, who's uh, in my Pathfinder campaign. Uh, we had a little contest to uh, like, share, and subscribe. Yep. Uh, and uh, Scott was the random winner. So Scott's got a t-shirt and some unlucky frog dice uh, on his way to him now. Well, the, we did two giveaways, and we also had a lad on Twitter who won. The Twitter winner. Yep. Let's let's give him a shout and out. And we'll give him a shout out. Our Twitter winner now. Adam Parsons. Adam Parsons. Adam Parsons. Thank you, Charlotte. Uh, our, our lovely assistant, Charlotte, <laughs> saving us from Embar- that, public humiliation. That, that could have been embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Parsons, uh, well done, sir, for sharing us on Twitter. You'll be getting some uh, dice and a T-shirt as well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we got slightly distracted there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So professional, yeah. Uh, but so I'm, I'm not going to reveal the secret because that is somewhat relevant to the. It still plot. still has consequences. Yes. Yeah. So we'll we'll hang fire on that. But the the, the second thing is uh, I get to roll out a new character now. Yay! Uh, yay. So, so are, you, are you done with fighters for now? Because you, you. Yeah, I'm going to try something different. Because um, you had uh, uh, black tooth. Black tooth. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, he would have been a fun character to play further as, but um, the new character I've made is a halfling ranger. Ooh. Yeah. All in good seller. Uh, rangers for life. Rangers for life. High five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's going to sound amazing. <laughs> the mic. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, I'm how I'm building him, though, is to have an animal companion. So okay. eventually he will have a wolf steed. So in D and D, that's uh, called the hunter. Yes, specialization. Yeah, I, I, it's got a name in Pathfinder as well. I can't quite remember what it is, but yeah. So uh, he's uh, quite high charisma and high dexterity. Yeah. So main weapons, longbow, uh, and his thing is going to be moving quick and. So uh, I, I went the opposite. Distance. But, uh, my guy is a sort of slayer type ranger. Yeah, he specializes you're... in tracking like mm-hmm. humanoids and yeah. killing them, although. The, the Xanathar's Guide to Everything came out recently, right? Uh, which is a new supplement for D and D, and I am in discussions with Charles at the moment about the possibility of changing my uh, specialization to Gloomstalker. 
Gloomstalker. Yeah. And what's it? What what does that entail? It basically makes you into Batman of the Underdark. So see all these creatures with dark vision. Mm-hmm. They can't see you with dark vision. So you specialise oh. in stalking the things that stalk each other. Right. You hunt the hunter. Yeah. Which is just I I think that sounds brilliant. Yeah. Will your will you will you fashion, uh, like a bat dwarf, outfit for? for I, your think, I think I'll have to. But yeah. it's, it it does seem quite fitting for a dwarf ranger, as well. Yeah, yeah, no, it can't, yeah, it does. It does. It, it, it fluff wise makes sense because yeah. you know they hate goblins and orcs and all that. So, yeah. so I don't. And I'm I'm still only level three, so I don't think it would be too much upheaval to no. change things around. So I, I'm, I might do that. Yeah. Because no, it, it be sounds interesting. quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, let us let us know how uh, that goes. Speaking of expansions that are coming out. Uh, we are uh, getting the new Age of Sigmar campaign. Uh, is it a campaign pack or like expansion? Tell tell us more about it. So it, it's called Malign Portent, mm-hmm. and they've been teasing this for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. There's been quite a lot of build up, and they they've done some videos and things. You can get them all online, and the the, the voice acting and everything is, is brilliant. Right? Yeah, we were we were sat for ages trying to figure out who it was, and I don't think we ever got a straight answer on that because no. the, the voice. Watch the videos. You will recognise the voice. Like mm. he's he's a well-known British actor. Yeah. Uh, and I can't for the life of me figure out who it is. Um, he, I think the character is Seeker Elias, isn't mm-hmm. it? He's the sort of monk type yes. character. Yeah. Who, who's basically scrying all of these signs to all try these and, different stories to try and figure out what's going on. But ba- basically, uh, it looks as though Nagash is up to something. He's always up to something. Yeah, because well, he that scamp. Well, you had but prior to this, the story arc was called the Realmgate Wars, mm-hmm. and that was that was uh, the introduction to the Age of Sigmar. Yeah, and that was uh, Sigmar unleashing his Stormcast Eternals, Sigmarines, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah, and uh, th- they <clears throat> a group of Stormcast are sent to treat with Nagash mm-hmm. and he basically uh, uh, bails on them halfway through a battle so oh. I think that was uh, Nagash is too busy doing his I, own thing I ain't got no time for this Yeah. so so the it seems to be a focus on the undead mm-hmm. which is Yay! it's good because, yeah they, they've uh, They've, they've, they've not been getting an awful lot. No, of. they've been quite neglected. Uh, so, with the, I mean, models-wise, what we've seen, uh, they've released uh, photos of a few of the new heroes that are coming out. Uh, so each Grand Alliance has a champion. Yes. Uh, the Knight of Shrouds is the the new Knight Haunt, the he new undead looks champion. Really cool. It looks very cool. I think the story with him is that he. He was he was supposed to become a stormcast like Sigmar oh. pulled him back and I think he turned traitor or something like okay, that. But the, interesting. The, there's a bit of overlap mm-hmm. with some of the order stuff with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the Dark Oath uh, Queen, mm-hmm. who's the the female barbarian character. Yes, looks for awesome. Chaos, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you've got the the, the mushroom wizard. Uh, he's got, he's got some name, I can't remember what it is. But he's got a big mushroom growing out of his head, 
and he's a goblin and he looks mental. We 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 all knew that one guy like back in school. Yeah. Um, who <laughs> probably dabbled with mushrooms yeah. and other things. So th- so this is that guy and he's leveled up. Yeah. Uh, and he looks gross. Oh, yeah. But in an excellent way. He's got like a metal chin spike and a false nose. And like, yeah, he looks horrible but brilliant at the same yeah. time. And then the last one is they, they've done a Stormcast engineer type character. Okay. So the first one I heard it was another Stormcast. I was like, ugh. Because we, we all wanted more Stormcast. Mm-hmm. You know, but now that I've seen him he actually looks really cool yeah he's got like two is he is he the one holding like two hand weapons yes he is yeah, yeah. and he's got the big moustache and he's got yeah. the tabard so he, he's quite evocative of the old Empire characters yeah yeah that's immediately what I thought like the old uh, warrior priests yeah uh, for, for the Empire so although he's a Stormcast uh, mm-hmm. he, he has my approval the Ben Porter seal of approval yeah yeah so uh, when when are they launching that? Have they announced? So so there's a book coming out uh, because yeah we should probably say I, th- I think this is th- this is them introducing the next story mm-hmm. arc, but I believe there's also going to be a global campaign. Yeah, point. they like to do this like yeah. typically over the summer months. I mean, yeah. I know we had one last year. It was the uh, year before. The two year. years ago, I beg yeah. your pardon. Yeah. So um, they, they Games Workshop do this from time to time just to encourage people to get out and just yeah. play some and, games. And allegedly, I don't know how accurate it is, but uh, allegedly the consequences of that campaign fed into the story and the releases after mm-hmm. that, which is great in terms of player empowerment. It is, and you know, I think it's really cool uh, because what, what I think one of the big criticisms that uh, Warhammer Fantasy has had in the past is that the story has been quite stagnant. Yeah. They're, they're, and I can kind of see why Games Workshop do it though, right? They can't. They they were in a position where they couldn't progress the story any further. They had to have all these factions in a persistent state of conflict with each other yeah. but never actually drawing any conclusions to it because then what you're killing off entire factions and someone's army might become defunct uh, of course they ended up doing that well they killed everyone yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um i think they they, han- they handled it in a way that i quite liked uh, i know not everyone was happy uh, with that but uh, they they seem they don't seem to be um, shying away from this now though they, they I think they're quite uh, eager to actually have the story evolve and progress and move on uh, but in a way that's not gonna like you know render anyone's army useless yeah I th- they've struck a good balance mm-hmm. and uh, there's there's more of a sense of community I think than there ever was with fantasy yeah um so I, I'm I'm really excited for it. I mean, even if they don't bring out any new dwarf stuff, I'm I'm really excited to see what's coming out. And yeah. got, of course, they've got the new Nurgle stuff. Yes, that's which coming out as well. Looks disgustingly amazing. Yeah, some new scenery as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, exciting times for so, Age of Sigmar. Yeah, for GW stuff in general, that's uh, that's going to be good. I I mean, just in other things that we've been playing uh, since we last recorded. Uh, I have brought around with us tonight uh, for the, the, this recording, well, a couple of things. Necromunda, yeah. but mu- 
less for playing and more for oh god help me with this really like detailed <laughs> model kit yeah uh it's amazing but you have so many options it's kind of a bit overwhelming it's a bit mind melting for a guy who has not been doing a lot of the modeling and painting side of the yeah. hobby for a long time um but i also brought legendary which i got uh i got at christmas from my brother uh, Legendary is a uh, deck building uh, game based in the Marvel universe. So you've got the Incredible Hulk, Spider Man, uh, Iron Man, all of that, all, all the hits. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're, are we hope we're, hope we're going to get a chance to give that a go as well. Yeah. Because uh, I do love me a good deck building game. We do. We do love a deck building <laughs> game. Um, and uh, just in other things, I've got my uh, new shiny shiny toy. Yeah, uh, I bought I've, I bought myself a new laptop. Yep, so we're pretty much set for convention season. Yes, so uh, when we start going to the conventions later on this year, uh, we'll be able to record on the go. Oy. Yay! So <laughs> we forgot to talk about your game for the Age of Sigmar campaign. So we did. How did that go? Very well. Uh, so we for, for you. For me, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for, for me and Scott, me and Scott are on the uh, death faction, and we were fighting Colin and his uh, Zinch demons. Yeah. Um, and we were playing a game that had objectives. Uh, and maybe, maybe this was a little mean of us, but no, I don't think so. Yeah, Colin. Colin moved his guys off his objective, forgetting that half of my army doesn't deploy. And just appears yeah. uh, anywhere on the board, uh, and it took him a, co- a couple of minutes to notice what he'd done, and he did ask, "Guys, can I move them back?" <laughs> we did, without hesitation, we both just went, "Nope." <laughs> so, so I was able to, uh, and of course, we held two objectives at that point anyway. So I was able to, the following turn, just teleport some ghosts on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> Claim all objectives and win the game. <laughs> so it was quite short. Colin, I am really sorry. I feel, yeah. I do feel, I feel bad, but not bad enough to not take the win. Well, yeah, so. but I, I spoke to him afterwards, and uh, he's mad at himself because <laughs> it's like he, he he knew that he, he should have known better, especially because he plays demons, so they do loads of summoning stuff as well. Yeah, but I said I said what you'd said to him as well. The the takeaway from this is that you will not do that again. No, never. And you know, it happens to the best of us. Yeah, like, yeah. It reminds me very much of my mistake playing Callum when he just managed to turn one kill on my guys because I decided, hey, he's not going to get that far up the board. Yeah. I can I can only deploy a couple and drop them in. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, it can be. Uh, it can really throw you the whole summoning thing. Yes, as. As the summoner and as the opponent mm. at times, and definitely summoning is uh, is prevalent in pretty much every army in some form. I think it's it's a really powerful uh, mechanic as well. Definitely the biggest strength of like the new Nighthorn faction they've created for Death yeah. uh, is the ability to just drop units almost anywhere on the board. Uh, particularly, well, it'd be perfect example that game, right? Where if you're playing an objective focused game gives you so much mobility and so many options absolutely yep 
so if you can get your head around it, very, very powerful uh, mechanic to take advantage of. And I know a lot of the like the people that basically went from Warhammer Fantasy to Ninth Age when Age mm-hmm. of Sigmar came out, abhor summoning. Mm-hmm. I, I find it really fun. I do too. I, I yeah. think I think it works with how they've changed things for Age of Sigma. I think it wasn't. It, it felt a little cheaty uh, when your guys were rank and file and movement was really tricky and restricted. Yeah. Uh, it then felt a bit cheap. Yeah. Um, as as the man who's been the victim of dwarf miners on many an occasion. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You know fine well what I'm talking about. Anyway, <laughs> um, but I think it works with Age of Sigma because your units are a bit more flexible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your movement is a bit f- yeah. bit freer, so, uh, for want of having a better phrase. There's a lot more it. depth to movement. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. But uh, so, Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven. Yeah. Yeah. Talk us through the the slight controversy that's happened. So over the the festive period. Um, Gloomhaven overtook Pandemic Legacy as the number one rated game on Board Game Geek. A high accolade. Massive accolade. Yeah. However, if you actually go on to the Board Game Geek profile mm-hmm. for Gloomhaven, mm-hmm. it says this rating is unreliable because what um, allegedly happened was. So, so Gloom, for people who don't know, Gloomhaven's due for. I think it's third reprint. Yeah, it, it, very successful Kickstarter board game. Uh, you're really interested in it. I'd yeah. love to play it as well. Yeah. Um, a dungeon crawler type game with like a million different bits. Which we love. We love yeah. dungeon crawlers. So, um, but it's it's due for third reprint. And what had allegedly happened? This is where the controversy comes in. Is on the some of the online forums, uh, people who were pre-ordering mm-hmm. the game were being encouraged to go and rate it. Right. Ten out of ten on With, Board Game Geek without playing it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so the thing is, of course, um, you know, Board Game Geek has it. I would compare it to the likes of Rotten Tomatoes or uh, Metacritic. It, it kind of gets a. Um, a you know, a, a, an average score across all user submissions. Yeah, I think the the big difference is with um, the board game press. There's, there's, it's much less well established than say video games or films, uh, where you've got critics kind of leading the um, the sort of consensus. Yeah, and then people putting in their own opinion as well. That I mean, that's something that uh, perhaps. I don't know if they have implemented it or they're looking to, but it's probably something Board Game Geek should consider doing, mm. is having a separate critic score and a user score. That would be really interesting, actually, to see how different it so would be. Th- I mean, the, the, the Last Jedi that's just come out is a perfect example of that. It's I mean, it's up in the 90s uh, for its critic score, mm-hmm. and it's, it's down at the f- uh, 50 mark for uh, the general public score. Yeah. Or user score, I think it's called, because it's the Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Uh, score that I'm referring to. So oftentimes, the, there is a huge disparity between a critic score and a user score. And you tend to find what happens is it, if someone 
like something, they'll just give it ten. And if they didn't like something, they'll give it one. A lot of the time, there's no middle ground. There's no, yeah. there's no nuance. There's no critical appraisal mm-hmm. there, really. Uh, so it, it it's interesting because I think, to my mind, this is the first time that uh, Board Game Geek's system has been abused, certainly as far as I'm aware. Um, so Board Game Geek have obviously put this uh, comment on uh, the page saying that this score's unreliable. What what the game creators said about it? I I don't know. It um is I can't. It's, I think it's Ke- Careful Affair mm. Games and Isaac Childress is the the main designer. Yeah, I'd be interested to to hear what he has to to say on it. So Isaac Childress, if you're listening, get in touch and let us know what you think. Yeah. Is it, I suppose th- their argument could be, well, we we're only encouraging people to do it. They don't have to do it. I don't know if it was them that was, if it was the developers that were or encouraging if it was that. If, yeah. if it was enthusiasts. Yeah, but either way, it would be interesting to hear what they have to say about it. But, yeah, so the funny thing with Board Game Geek is uh, the, the number one slot has, up until recent years, been fairly static I mean uh, it was occupied by Twilight Struggle for an awfully long time then Pandemic Legacy grabbed it I think it is reflective of the fact that there's a bit of a a board game boom at Mm. the moment so there's a lot of people uh, suddenly using the platform that would never have been there Yeah. because up up until recently I I would have said that um, certain types of games will always be more successful on board game geek than others, mm-hmm. but that's changing now. Yes, right, because typically it was like the likes of the Twilight Struggle, or sort yeah. of uh, the more in-depth thinking uh, games. Not, not, not to say that Gloomhaven or Pandemic Legacy aren't uh, don't have depth to them. Yeah. Um, but Twilight Struggle certainly a lot drier yeah. than those. Well, I mean, the rule which, books, like a textbook. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot to it. So, um, yeah, there's definitely been a shift in sort of what's been popular uh, in that sense. So it's interesting to see how, how this develops. I mean, I, I must admit, I, I, it, with, when it comes to board games, I don't take too much heed to like board game geek scores or what other critics say. Obviously, there, there are some critics who, who I, th- I tend to agree with. Mm. Uh, more often than not but for me um, the only way I'm ever going to know is actually trying it myself right um, the, the unfortunate I think, thing I think if you can find a like minded critic yeah that that's usually a good gauge but for, for me one of the problems that, that I have with uh, um, following a lot of reviews is that, you know people are still a bit snobby about board games yeah, you know, like you know, uh, the the whole Ameritrash Euro division. Mm-hmm. Even now in this day and age, where the 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 divisions between the two is in- increasingly blurred. Yeah, to the point where, to be honest, I would say like the two separate genres, if you could even call them that, don't necessarily don't exist. Really exist now. Yeah, um, yeah, it's. Uh, but it's it's interesting just to see to see this system being abused. I, I, I would I would love to know if uh, the creators had anything to do with it or yeah. not. Uh, I'm sure they'll deny it. Well, um, cer- certainly, I've tried to get a copy 
Mm. And it, it's sold out everywhere. Uh, the hype is uh, mm. tangible. The hype is real. The hype is real. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, look, really looking forward to having a go at it, but um, who knows when that will be? Yeah, and it got it got me thinking. I was saying this to you earlier. Mm. Um. Because I, I read an article recently about Paris Syndrome. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so so for anyone who doesn't know, Paris Syndrome is a phenomenon that is exclusive to Japanese travellers. And it, it, allegedly within Japanese culture, Paris is really idealised. Mm. Like in, in a lot of their magazines, it's it's all skinny women in high fashion and you know, they sit in continental cafes and all this sort of thing. And then when... The Japanese tourist actually gets to Japan, uh, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, to to France, uh, mm-hmm. to Paris, and discovers the reality of it. Uh, you were saying that the culture shock is so severe that they actually become ill. It's so weird. <laughs> it's uh, the it, fact that it's a recognised thing because they, they've got the, all these built up uh, expectations of it, and then they're not met, and. Uh, I, I'm now at this stage. I, I've I've been so desperate to to play Gloomhaven and get a copy of it that like I'm worried I might get Gloomhaven syndrome. Well, I mean, I, 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 have you had that with a game before? Not yet, but then I I don't know of a board game that's been as uh, built up as uh, as this right as, as as Gloomhaven is yeah yeah because I mean Kingdom Death maybe but then I I you enjoyed that. I, I loved it. I love yeah. Kingdom Death. I think it's great. It gets trashed by a lot of critics. Yeah. So my expectations were set quite low for it. Yeah. But it's it's a great game. Um, whereas with Gloomhaven, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit worried now. <laughs> this is the point I was going to make. Unlike film or TV or music, you know, buying a board game is quite a significant investment. You know, I, I, I don't know what Gloomhaven retails at, but I imagine it's around the hundred pound mark at well, least. So it's over that. I think. Yeah. I think it's about a hundred. Depending where you get it, I think it ranges between one hundred and twenty to one hundred and forty pounds. Right. So it's, tw- it's Twilight Imperium in terms of scale and yeah. price. It's so you know it, it's bad enough to spend a tenner on a cinema ticket uh, to watch an awful film, but to spend one hundred and forty pounds. On a game that uh, doesn't turn out to be good, I don't. I don't think Gloomhaven is going to be awful. No, but I think it. it it's like you, you hear it so often now about like big blockbuster video games. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, like Destiny Two. Everyone mm-hmm. hyped that up and was really excited for it, and it gets to the stage where there's no way the thing can meet the mm-hmm. expectations of it. Yeah, the, the new Star Wars films are. You know that that that's something that they're suffering from in a lot of ways. I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's very different. As although, like, the point I was going to say with like the likes of Star Wars is they've got a really well established fan base, but that exists in tabletop games as well. You've got like Magic the Gathering fans and Warhammer fans as yeah. well. I, I speaking from experience, typically people who play Warhammer, I have never known people to loathe. The thing they love so much yeah. <laughs> as people who play Warhammer. It's on Warhammer groups. I think they're the groups where you see the Emperor Palpatine meme. 
used the most. Yeah. Let the hate <laughs> flow through you. It comes up a lot in yeah. these workshop threads. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's, it's, it's true of Magic the Gathering, though, as well, right? Most Magic players bash yeah. uh, Wizards of the Coast or like the product itself at least a little bit. Do you know what it is? R- remember when Gandalf is describing Gollum? to Frodo and he says he hates and loves the ring as he hates and loves himself that's Warhammer fans he hates and loves the hobby as he hates and loves himself I'm just picturing this like pallid uh, mess of a man just holding up an ultramarine yes my precious like huddled over the painting table (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I suppose it does exist in uh, tabletop as well, that sort of rabid fandom. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, really, really interested to try Gloomhaven, though. Um, what I've seen, I like. It looks quite typical of a Kickstarter game in that it has loads and loads and loads of stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. I am very excited to get my hands on... Uh Song of Ice and Fire, tabletop game for that yeah, reason. That's uh, that. Oh, well, that could be the Paris Syndrome. It could be. Yeah. But at the same time, it's uh, it's uh, men killing each other on a large scale. What's not to like? And it's all set in the Game of Thrones universe. And on that note, <laughs> yeah. And on that note, <laughs> we'll we'll draw this episode to a close. So thanks very much uh, for listening, guys. Uh, do stay tuned Uh, we'll be back in uh, due course for uh, more nerdy chats but from myself uh, Josh and Ben have a good night thank you